This is The Hockey Flow. I'm pleased to share it with Adam Boucher and Marco D'Amico, and you can find all of their great work on Twitter. Let's start with Adam. You can find him at ReallyAdamB, and Marco can be found at The Hockey Expert. Let's get right into it. I'm AJ Cordero. I get to push all the buttons in the background, but let's get right to the action, and that is Sid the Kid and Connor McJesus. Let me throw it over to Adam. Adam, what are your thoughts, and what do we need to know? Yeah, so we had a couple of uh, milestones, uh, we could say. Um, so Sidney Crosby became, uh, basically, he got his 16th straight season over a point per game, point per game or more. Um, and I believe he's he became the third player to do so. That's, yeah, third player with 16 consecutive point per game season. Um, and it, it coincides with exactly with Pittsburgh making quite of a comeback in the East Division, which we'll, we'll touch on a bit later. Uh, but yeah, so great achievement for uh, for Sidney Crosby. I don't know if Marco, you want to add on for for Sid. I mean, he's probably been the most consistent player in the last fifteen years. So he hasn't slowed down. That so. doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me at all. Um, what I find is interesting is his defensive game continues to grow in spite of being consistent offensively. So yeah, just. Uh, you know, it's we don't have that many years left to Sidney Crosby, but in the time that he's been there, he's done some pretty amazing. And for the Connor McDavid, well, we he rec- actually recorded last night his fourth consecutive consecutive three point game. So that's that's pretty crazy. He's also on pace. I don't know if that's been updated as of last night, but he was on pace for 144 points over an a regular 82 game season. So that's that's just crazy. We've seen in recent years. Uh, basically, there's there's heart winners and and, and uh, point race winners that had less than a hundred points. They 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 barely made it to hundred, and he's just on pace for 144. So he might just get a hundred in a 50 something game season. So that's just crazy. It's absolutely insane when you think about it because ultimately, it hasn't been done since what 2000 2001 with Mario Lemieux. Like it's. That's pretty insane. And you, you really got to give it to Connor McDavid. When a lot of players, um, you know, are really coming out to talk about the, the difficult conditions that they're in um, this season. And just having a guy like Connor McDavid just explode offensively and just taking advantage and, and, and really just do it, having his way with, with other teams in the North Division, it's, it's really impressive to Kudos to him, power to him, and I look very fo- very much forward to seeing him potentially hit 100 points in just 56 games. I'd love to see it. And he's at, he's currently at so 84 points and the second score in the league, so his, his dry sidle with 67. So it, it's almost 20 points more than his, uh, his teammates, so that's, that's pretty crazy. So let's jump from there and get into all the NHL action that happened this week. Lots of playoff and division talk as the race heats up. So let's turn it over to you, Marco. What are your thoughts? And let's start off with the North Division. I mean, nothing's really changed for me. I think we have the top three uh, pretty much locked in uh, with uh, Toronto, Edmonton, and Winnipeg. Um, I think Winnipeg playing Edmonton right now is a formality. I think we all pretty much know that. So it's it's just that fourth place in the North Division, which seems to be at this point a uh qualified by default kind of position because the teams vying for that spot are really not doing themselves any favors they're all under 500 uh considerably except for montreal so you know it's uh it's unfortunate that 
the, the most teams are limping their way to the end of the season, and it makes for some uninspired hockey. And it's uh, we we alluded to it earlier uh, before recording. And Montreal just they just keep losing, and then it, it looks like they're gonna make their way through the playoffs just by having won their Vancouver series season series, right? And and it, it's like Calgary's battling for with Montreal battling is a big word because they're 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 now six point six points out with the same amount of games played, and Calgary keeps beating Montreal, but Montreal. Keeps on on just hanging on to those those uh, those points in hands, and you have Ottawa that just keeps beating Calgary. So there's like no way Calgary is making it to the playoffs. I think at this point, unless they they win everything. So it, it's it's pretty crazy. And we saw well, we saw last night Toronto clinching uh, basically and a playoff spot. Um, and as Marco said, it's it, at this point it's just a formality. We're gonna see who. Uh, finishes second between uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton, and we'll see who gains that fourth spot. As of now, it should be Montreal. So that's for the North Division. It looks like. Yeah, I mean, we can go and look at the Central Division. Uh, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay all clinched uh, at this point. So uh, it's really the the race for f- uh, for fourth. In the division, um, it used to be a three-headed monster, but Chicago has really kind of lost steam over the last few uh, games. So it's really a two-headed race between the Nashville Predators, who have 56 games in 51, uh, 56 points in 51 games, versus the Dallas Stars, who are resurging at just the right time. Um, I I personally think that Dallas is going to end up taking this. I think that. You know they've they're on the upswing right now. They're they're really on fire. I really think uh, the Dallas is going to be the team over. Yeah, and we have uh, well, basically for I was looking at Nashville's schedule. They're playing so they're playing Dallas on Saturday, and then they're playing uh, Columbus twice and Carolina twice to to top off their season. So um, it, it it looks like a big game on Saturday against Dallas. Maybe they could. They could like uh, get a couple points and, and make up one of those ga- games in hands, but as of now, it really looks like Dallas is it's Dallas's place to lose with two games in hands and just two points back. We'll see what happens, but Nashville in the recent weeks has been pretty solid. They've gotten solid goaltending from uh, from Saros and Rene, so we'll see what happens there. But it, it really looks like Dallas is to lose as of now. Yeah, and uh, I mean. You know, we. I think it's safe to say that Detroit and Columbus. I think you know they're pretty much out of it at this point. Um, you know, when you look at the Honda West division, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the season. I think the the top three in that division were pretty much known since I'd say February at this point. So Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota. Um, it's kind of easy to. It's kind of fun to see how like St. Louis is kind of just hanging on there. Uh, Arizona looks like they're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, and they remember, they don't have a first-round pick this year. So this is good news for every team making the playoffs because essentially it would be like picking a pick earlier than you would have normally. Um, so an interesting thing to look at there. Um, but yeah, just a, a total drop after that with Saint, uh, San Jose, LA, Anaheim, who are all pretty much in the swing of a rebuild. Um the Mass Mutual East, though, I mean, geez, now that's a four-team four race. That is just 
insane. Uh, you know, Washington and Pittsburgh kind of pulling ahead from everybody, but you still have the New York Islanders that are kind of hanging on and the Boston Bruins, probably the strongest top four of any division in the, in, in the league right now. So I find it really interesting, but what I really wanted to talk about, and I want to talk about it with Adam is that the New York Islanders, just pretty, uh, the New York Rangers just pretty much pushing, even though it doesn't, it, it, it's mathematically uh, impossible from the looks of it, uh, just seeing them try at the very end, just push to, to kind of make it uh, a race, you know, uh, I like what I'm seeing from this team. I like what I'm seeing from the young players from Lafreniere, from Capocacco, from Adam Fox. Uh, so just Miller uh, on defense as well. Miller on defense as well. Like I just, I really like the way this team is trending. So I thought I would, I would give them some props. And it looks like every year that's the Rangers story. They're, they, they, they start off awful with an awful start to the season, and they just bounce back. But I guess this year with a fifty, it's fifty six games or, or whatsoever. It's it's a bit too late now to make their push. Um, I'm looking at the basically at the Boston Bruins at their at their remaining games. Uh, they're getting Buffalo once, New Jersey twice. Then they're playing twice the Rangers. So I guess if there's points to gain from the Rangers or the Rangers, it's going to be those two games. But then again, I don't. I don't really see uh, New York making the playoffs at this point. I, th I I feel like it's just a top four who's going to play who in the playoffs. And as of now, no one's technically clinched in that division. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, could we get Washington and Pittsburgh in the first round? Maybe by the looks of things as of now. They would be the two top teams and it's i wanted to touch on pittsburgh actually so we mentioned crosby earlier but they're playing without malkin and they've been playing without captain and who they just got back recently it's it's key injuries in the top six and they're still winning they're still they still made that push to to basically try and win that division so it's pretty interesting to see yeah i mean i i always get amazed at how pittsburgh always seems to find the depth overcome injuries to key players um and they're doing it again this season uh they didn't start off very well they had a lot of injuries to, to start the season uh a lot of doubts on certain players that were acquired and lo and behold uh they have the, probably i believe the second best record uh yeah the second best record uh right now or the third best behind toronto uh in the east so i find that really intriguing um You know, it, the way that they're trending uh, is a good thing. Uh, and the way it seems to be shaking up, it's either that they're going to be playing Boston or the New York Islanders. I don't think that there's any other combination at this point. So um, it's going to make for some really interesting playoff hockey. And it's, it's lastly on Pittsburgh, it's interest, interesting to see them uh, with that kind of record with the decor they're, they're currently sporting. They have guys like, well, they have Letan, who's been a mainstay for the past 10 years, past decade. But other than Letan, they have guys like Pedersen, Dumoulin. Mar Marino's a good young player. He's, he's very similar to Letan in, 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 in a way. But they have Madison, they have Cece. It looks like they just brought a bunch of guys from other teams who couldn't make their mark in their, in their former teams and just... They're now doing good in Pittsburgh, so it's it's very interesting to see. But 
then again you have to you have to think they're getting good good gold uh, goaltending from um I'm blank on his name. Who's uh who's the number one in Pittsburgh? Tristan Jerry. Jerry, exactly. Yeah. So you you have to think he's giving them good goaltending, and otherwise they wouldn't be there, right? No, absolutely. And I feel like the defense is really short up, as you mentioned before. So it's not about necessarily having you know the stars in place. I think that they're playing a strong team game and capitalizing on their chances. So from there, let's move to our last section, the C block, where we stuff in all the stories that you need to know about the NHL. We're going to start off first with Robin Lanner speaking out uh, about the COVID restrictions. This was broken by the Hockey News. So let's, uh, I'll throw it over to you, Marco. What are your thoughts on this situation? I mean, it's it's difficult to say anything to or a guy like Leonard about this because in fairness, the players are isolated. Um, it's not a very fun experience for them either. Uh, it is for our entertainment, and they're just there uh, to live out, you know, the, the conditions of their contract. I think everybody's kind of doing it for the fans right now, but I think the party that's taking the biggest risk overall in all of this are the players, um, and the mental health aspect is definitely a risk they've taken on because, you know, it's not he's not the first player to come out and say that, you know, it's been a very, very hard season, so... I totally understand where he's coming from, and I think he's echoed a lot of the anxieties within society in general, so I can respect that, and I respect what he thinks, um, so I'm going to let the NHL and the NHLPA handle it, because there's not much that Marco can do, but uh, ultimately, I think that it was his right to come out and say that, and it's fantastic if he thinks that it can make a difference. And if it does and players are able to kind of calm things down after being double vaccinated, after going through the periods that you have, um, then I'm all for it. As long as it's done within, you know, uh, scientific uh, thresholds that we have uh, given to us by public health then go for it. And you have to think that it's I remember we mentioned how um how life must have been tough in in the bubbles last year in the playoffs but you have to think that this year uh, like even though they're not in a bubble per se they, they still when the teams go on the road there's they must have some type of very like tough restrictions in the sense that they can't go anywhere like they they, they have to stay in their their hotel rooms they have to stay like quarantine per se with the team so i mean it has to be tough for shonda players and especially as marco mentioned leonard who's has been very like spoken out about mental health issues and and stuff like that so it's really i mean it's it's totally his right especially for a guy that's been in the league for for quite a while it's his right to come out and say we'll see what happens but uh i mean he does have a bit of a truth to what he was saying in the sense that like we're vaccinated why can't we go out but then again it, i guess it's it's up to public safety public health to, to to give out their guidelines from there let's turn back to our team the habs and un- unfortunately we have the news of jonathan drew taking a personal leave of absence from the habs uh hockey twitter Habs twitter uh has and i mean just any social media platform or any platform even in traditional media too has been really, really harsh on him this season. Uh, although we have no idea what the reasons are. So uh, just be aware that what we're saying is we don't know what the reasons are. They're not public. And so uh, anything that we say should be just taken as speculation. So let's go from there. Uh, let me throw it over to you, Adam. What are your thoughts on this? 
being a, a Quebec or a Quebecois in Montreal, playing for the Montreal Canadiens can be tough on your mental health. We mentioned it earlier. Look, it's uh, there's definitely some sort of pressure wearing that Habs jersey in Montreal, being from here. And look, the just as proof, you saw Philippe Dano come out during the same day and say, I know what it is to be a Quebecois playing in Montreal. So that I think that kind of says it all. Uh, we're going to look, we're going to wish well to, to Jonathan to, for him to come back healthier and, and mentally healthy as well. We don't even know what it is exa exactly. So we're just speculating at this point. But um, yeah, all, all the best to him, wishing him the best recovery and hoping to see him on the ice soon. As for the, the hockey-related topic, well, look, if if there's anything to, to take out from this, if if we can get part of what Drouin was, because he, he struggled on the ice, like mental health issues aside, he, he's had a good start to the season, a rough past couple games. So let's just hope he comes back healthier and plays like like we've seen, seen him play in Tampa or even in his early days with Montreal. Yeah, well, I... You know, I when it comes to the situation, yeah, when it comes to the situation of Jonathan Drouin, it's it's just it's a difficult situation because you don't know and you don't want to speculate. Um, you know, I'm just glad that if he was going through something that he had the courage to take the time to, to actually take the time. A lot of the times in this in, in this sport, you know, it's kind of just cast aside uh, and uh, no, he's dealing with it. So power to him. I'm happy for him for that. And uh, hopefully he can come back Uh, be it in the playoffs or next season, stronger and, and ready to go. Jumping to now something completely different, and let's talk about the NHL and Turner Sports reaching a seven-year deal. So we've already had some of the fallout. We heard a little bit about ESPN getting some of the rights from that used to belong to NBC. Now we found where the other part of the package is going, and that's going to TBS and TNT as of next year. Marco, what do people need to take away from this? Well, I mean, they already had a deal with ESPN as well. And then this comes in and tax on. So this is great for the players in the league because you've just added 400 million on one end and 225 million on the other. So that's 625 million coming in from your TV, uh, which is great. It used to be half that. Um, so I'm already pumped for the NHL in that regards. Um, I think that having your game on multiple platforms, it's actually a positive thing. Uh, because it increases the amount of eyes that you possibly get on the sport. So I think the NHL did right here, and I trust them to have thought about this methodically. But uh, on the surface, this is like an excellent deal. In terms of revenue, it's it's that it it's it's amazing for the league. In, in terms of from a viewer standpoint, I'm just I'm just excited to see what they bring, what the what changes they bring, what more they what value added they bring to like the viewers and especially who they bring on as like their hosts and their co-hosts. Because I feel like every every um, network, basically their value added is who they bring on. You saw like, um, I believe it was Sportsnet who brought in uh, Kevin Bieksa, who brought in, uh, it was uh, Anthony Stewart or Chris Stewart, I forget, one of the Stewart brothers. And they, they've been killing it on, on, on Sportsnet. So really excited to see who they bring on, what they add to basically the sport. And I guess it's 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 one step forward to canceling all blackouts, right? Just give me NHL Network for Montreal games. I'll pay. That's that's all I'm asking. 
might be a hard ask. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to ever work out in our favor as Hats fans. Now let's get into the draft talk. We now know that the NHL lottery is going to be set for June the 2nd. Let's turn to our lottery expert. Marco, what do you have to know? Uh, well, they changed the draft lottery just a little bit this year, and they'll continue to change it going forward. But this year, there was one change that was put in place. Over the last three years, they've had a lottery for the top three picks in the draft. This year, they're only going to have a lottery for the top two picks in the draft. So any team finishing last can pick no lower than third overall. That's the change this year. I believe in two years, uh, you'll not be able to increase your draft rank by more than 10 spots. That's coming as well. Uh, it's intriguing. It's fun. Um, it's been a really wacky year in terms of being able to look at you know draft eligible players, but um, I think it's going to make for one heck of a crapshoot of a draft, and that's always fun. Uh, let's move out to something completely different now, and let's talk about Flyers goalie uh, Carter Hart, who is out for the season with an MCL sprain. A lot of people saying a lot of different things, so I'm going to throw it over to Adam. Uh, what do people need to know? I believe he he actually got the same injury Carey Price got recently, so that's never a good sign. It's it's a big injury for a goalie. Uh, then again, we'll we'll hope he he gets back and healthy next year. Uh, look, honestly, it was a tough year for for the Flyers. It was a tough year for him. I believe he had a nine eleven and five record in twenty five games, twenty six games. So that's you knew something was bugging him or, or that he ha- he had some kind of injury because he was one of the top goalies last year. So we'll see uh, how he comes back from this injury, but definitely uh, let's hope him the, the best speedy recovery. And finally, we have some retirements, Andrew Shaw and Ryan Miller. So uh, let's get to it. I'm going to throw it over to either you, you pick. Marco, what are you picking? Um, I can do Ryan Miller. I mean... Ryan Miller was a great goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres at the height of their uh, the height of their play 10 years ago. Um, I really liked uh, how combative he was as a goalie. Always gave Montreal trouble. Uh, and even when he, he went to St. Louis and then Anaheim, you know, he kind of evolved into a really good uh, veteran backup. So I really liked what, is he, what he was able to do there. Um, so, you know, for me, I think he had a great career. And that's a guy that I think see in, in hockey uh, in an executive position not so distant and great career in the sense that he's the winningest american goalie american born goalie with 390 wins that's definitely a great career and uh, as for andrew shaw yeah we'll, we'll transition to andrew shaw well what to say is stanley cup winner with chicago uh came in for a couple seasons with montreal uh, always seemed to be a great Player in the locker room, he brought energy. He was like a kind of a Gallagher type player. Uh, it's really unfortunate. I believe he had to retire due to concussions and repeated concussions. So the the doctors basically recommended he would he just ends this career. And he's only twenty nine, so it's definitely a, a premature retirement. But what more to say? Stanley Cup winner, and he brought his. He gave his 100% every time we saw him on the ice. So great player. Yeah, quality over quantity. He gave it all on the ice. Uh, in the time that he was there, he won two cups doing that. And Sure, he didn't get to play for 15 years. Um, but when he was on the ice, he made the most of it. And didn't, you know, enjoy his retirement. Come back to the game when he's ready. Um, and I'm sure there's a job waiting for him with the Chicago Blackhawks. 
quality over quantity. That's the takeaway for this episode. A little bit of a shorter one than you usually get, but hockey flow fans, we promise you, we'll bring you all the action in the playoffs. It's just the final grind as we get to that and figure out who's going to be in that Stanley Cup playoff race. All right, that's it for the show this week. Want to make sure, and again, Twitter is where you can go to talk to Adam and Marco. Adam can be found at really Adam B, and Marco can be found at the Hockey Expert. I'm Major Cordero. We'll catch you guys next week.